Before we go into today's episode, I want to talk to you about the Empowered Women Authentic Success Coaching Programme. This is my signature programme. I have run this programme particularly for the last 18 months and I have taken a number of incredible women through this life-changing program. You will work very closely with me for 14 weeks. You will have weekly lessons that you will do and then you will be coached by me every single week with a few weeks of integration in between. This is quite possibly the deepest process you will ever go through, but it is the biggest transformation that you may ever have in your lifetime. We do not do any surface level work in here. We work deeply with all parts of yourself so that you can fully see, receive, heal and love all parts of you so that whatever it is that you want to manifest, you manifest with authenticity, purpose and passion. If you feel a pull to this program, I'm going to drop the links in the show notes. Book in your free 30-minute call. Leave your details. I'll get in touch with you. We'll get you in for 30 minutes. We'll have a conversation about it and we'll see if this is the program for you because it may not be for you. So it's important that we chat first. Spaces are limited. We start in February. Let's go. She loves herself with Jill Ritchie, showing you how to embrace vulnerability and unearth your power within. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of She Loves Herself, the podcast. It's Monday the 9th of January 2023. If you are listening to this on Monday, the 9th of January 2023. Um, so happy new year. This is my sort of first Monday episode of 2023. I think it's probably a bit kind of naff to be saying happy new year now right enough but I'm going to say anyway happy new year um I hope you all had a lovely restful festive period we are still on grief season so we have another few more episodes with incredible guests coming up for you all um and I am really enjoying the series and I've had lovely messages from many people who have emailed me or messaged me um, across social media saying that they are getting so much from it. It's one of those seasons, isn't it, where there are there are people that will really connect with this season right now and there'll be people that are maybe grieving that just don't feel like they want to connect with it right now. It's maybe not the space for them, but the great thing about this season is it's always going to be there so if anyone ever needs to go back and listen to any of these beautiful episodes, then they can. So I have received an email from someone who wanted me to talk about a number of things today regarding grief. So I am going to honour her. Um, she has asked a few questions. And as I always say, I am here to support and serve you all as much as possible. But it's important that I am supporting you and giving you what you need. So the first thing she asked was on hard days, how do you deal with the low mood and not letting it swamp you? And actually, even if you're not grieving, this is something that most people will be able to relate to. Um, waking up in a low mood um, is a habit. And some people might listen to this and think, no, it's not. It's because of X, Y, and Z. 
yeah, this is true. And there's there's very valid reasons for waking and up, feeling like you're in a low mood. But what can happen over time is that it becomes a habit. So you have a thought um, and then another thought attaches onto that thought, another thought attaches onto that thought. And before you know it, you have feelings that are attached to these thoughts and emotions start to develop from these feelings, which then dictates to you the mood that you are going to be in and also feel. Um, I also shared this week on Instagram that 95% of our thoughts are repeated thoughts, which is quite scary, but it makes perfect sense because, of course, when you wake up in the morning, before you've even opened your eyes, the mind's starting to sort of kick in and it's like, right, how do I feel today? How do I feel today? You know, very few people wake up like bursting out of bed, like, I'm alive. Yes. Now, that can happen. I'm not saying there's no one that doesn't feel like that, but there's a hell of a lot of people <laughs> that don't feel that way. So this is massively about retraining your mind, which then retrains your thoughts, which then retrain your emotions, which then retrain your, retrain your energy. So it all starts with a thought. And if you have a repeated thought, so 95% of us with our um, repeated thoughts, um, if they're on repeat, then chances are you're going to go to the negative. And also when you wake up, it's like you're trying to grab onto something that excites you for the day. And, you know, not often when we're, you know, we're getting up or our alarm is pulling us out of our sleep or we have to work or we have to do things that maybe we don't want to do. We're not really feeling that excited. So it's really important that you give yourself the best possible um, opportunity to create a healthy habit, not just when you wake up in the morning, but before you go to bed at night. And I'm going to share something that is super simple, but so many people don't do it. Get your phone on flight mode an hour before you're going to sleep. Now, that sounds so easy and it is really easy, but as I said, people don't do it because we have a habit of grabbing our phone. And if you think about it, if you're just scrolling through your phone, you're just like feeding your mind with crap, right? And that's the last thing that's going into your mind. That's the last thing that's starting to get programmed into your subconscious for the next seven or eight hours of your sleep. Um, and then you wake up, your mind is searching for the what? The habit for the 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 habit that it has of going to the negative. So we need to create a healthy habit of happy, happier feelings, happier emotions. And if you get up in the morning, don't grab your phone straight away unless you need to turn your alarm off. Start to just get up, sit up in your bed, take some deep intentional breath. So imagine like I'm breathing clean air into my lungs and I'm breathing out expansion, okay? And just even do that three or four times, stretch your arms, move your body and get out of bed. Start moving. You need to create a habit of moving before your thoughts start to kick into habits. Start moving your body, brush your teeth, hydrate. If you need to brain dump, get your journal out, start to journal. This low mood is a habit. It feels very real, but it's a habit nonetheless, and only you can change it. Switching your phone off at night, making sure that you don't check your phone first thing, make sure that you are intentional. There is so many times that I've woken up in the last 
so many months and thought, oh, and the the initial, the very, very first, first sort of seconds is, oh, and then I have to change it. I have to be intentional. I have a morning routine that I am meticulous with. And, you know, sometimes I don't feel like doing it. I don't feel like jumping out of bed, but I do it because I know that I am in control of that. And I am the only one that is responsible for changing the trajectory of my day and my mood. That doesn't mean that you're not allowed to feel your feelings, but do not sit in them. If you felt these feelings, if you have felt these emotions, you've already felt them. There's no point in continually feeling them over and over and over and over again, getting absolutely nowhere except the trajectory of going backwards. So it's really important, important that you have a good nighttime routine and a powerful morning routine to get you started. The second thing that she asked was how to make sense of what you're feeling and process it. So how to make sense of what you're feeling. So going back to a lot of our feelings are habitual responses to thoughts. So how do we change our thoughts? Now, I want to to just make sure that you have an awareness of being able to change your thoughts. You absolutely can do this. You can create new neural pathways. You can start to create thoughts, which then create feelings, which then create emotions, Um. And and that's how you do it. And it's making sure that you're doing it quickly. You're doing it over and over again so that it becomes a new, fresh habit rather than the old one. But when you're saying about making sense of your feelings, it's really important. You said make sense of feelings and process them. Yes, we don't want to abandon any feeling that we have. Okay, if you are continually feeling sadness and sorrow and emotion or fear, anxiety, it is so important that you don't just try and change the thought around it. That comes secondary to honouring your emotions. There's a big difference between honouring your emotions and sitting in the mire of your emotions for weeks, months and years. Right. What you want to do is you want to say, right, okay, I have a feeling here that won't go away. And I want to understand more about what this feeling is and what's underneath it. Most of the time in my experience of working with clients, it is fear followed by shame. And then underneath all of it is love. Believe it or not, these emotions that you're feeling are your body's way of showing you that it is craving, craving love. And it wants to be felt, it wants to be heard, and it wants to be held, and it wants to be seen, and it wants to be accepted. And accepting these emotions don't say, doesn't mean that you're saying, right, I accept them, I'm just going to live with them. No, you're saying, I'm going to hold this emotion, and I'm going to go underneath this emotion and find out what is the trigger, what is the catalyst for this emotion, what was it that happened in my life that I didn't process that I need to process now. And this is something that you can try and do on your own, or you can work with someone in the coaching space or a professional to do it. But there are absolute ways that you can hold all of your emotions and create an amazing, fulfilled life. And the other thing you have asked this person who's written in has said how to grieve when you don't have space to, i.e. children, house busy with work. I resonate with this. Now, I went away to Bali to do a lot of my grieving and I know not a lot of people can do that and that's okay too. But what I want to say is um, it's really important to feel your emotions because it sounds like you're not doing that. And what's happening is it's playing out in your subconscious and so you're waking up feeling really low. 
you're waking up feeling really low because you're not giving yourself throughout the day pockets of time to honour all of your emotions. And okay, you don't want to be crying 24-7 in front of your children, but it's okay to cry in front of your children. Now, some people might disagree with this, but I'm going to say this with absolute certainty in my belief and my experience, crying in front of your children is really healthy. If it's done in a healthy way and we're explaining to our children, like I would cry in front of my children, I'll say, I just really miss granny today or that thing you did. I just thought granny would love to see that so much and she loved you so much. And then I would have a little cry. What am I teaching my children there? Am I teaching my children weakness? No. Am I teaching my children that it's okay to feel sad and to honour, you know, your emotions and that, you know, missing someone who's not here anymore is a very real thing? Or do I create this stiff upper lip and never really show my children the emotion? What am I teaching them then? I'm teaching them then to suppress their emotions, to never feel sadness. And what does that do? I'll tell you what it does. It creates mental health problems and it creates a whole heap of unworthiness, um, hiding their emotions, never really living in truth, people pleasing um, and so many other things. We need to change the narrative around showing our emotions because then what we can do is give our children to sh- permission to show their emotions so that they don't end up in 20 or 30 years having to do the work like we're having to do now. So flip up the narrative, change your emotions, around, change your feelings around it, change your story around it. Um, and also, if you need a big release, take yourself away you know, get make sure that everyone's out of the house for a few hours and hold yourself with so much love and so much compassion. And I promise you, when you do that, the space that you create is phenomenal. And not only that, the safety that you've created for yourself and the, the self-trust and the honour and the love that you've created for yourself by doing that will change your life. Keep showing your emotions, keep feeling your emotions. They are valid and they need to be felt. You were born crying. It's the most natural emotion. What's not normal is society telling us that it's not. And your last question was how to journal feelings, dealing with death for a suicide and a difficult relationship with a person who has died. Journaling your feelings Absolutely. Journaling is amazing. So grab um, a journal, piece of pen, a piece of paper and a pen. Start just to write. Start to write maybe some questions like, what do I feel right now? And you might sit with a blank and not know what to write, but keep going. My suspicion here from reading this is there's maybe some feelings around frustration, maybe anger, maybe some guilt. Um, A lot of the time we feel guilt and we feel shame when we really shouldn't. Now, when I say to you, maybe there's some feelings of guilt and shame around there. This isn't because you should feel that way. It's just often feelings that we have words that weren't said or were said that you felt shouldn't have been regret, guilt. Um, The best thing that you can do for yourself is really honour everything without judgment so if you're feeling anger towards this person allow yourself 
to express that on paper. If you're feeling sadness or guilt or shame, allow yourself to express that. This isn't separate from you. If something's coming up, it's an emotion, whether it's true or false, it's an emotion that you're suppressing. So just let it out by projecting it out onto paper. You're moving it from your physical form onto paper. And you're just saying, right, okay, that's it. And whether it's true, not true, it doesn't really matter. It's just an emotion that you're feeling that needs to be honoured, that needs to be felt, and that needs to come out onto paper um, or to someone in talking therapy. Um, you cannot um, take responsibility for what anyone does in their life. And it's so important that you, no matter where you're at, that you forgive yourself. Um, and that that can feel tough because we're taught to be so hard on ourselves. But self-forgiveness is a huge part of self-freedom. So if you're holding on to all of this stuff, it starts with you. And it starts with you knowing what you need to do, knowing that by feeling these things and by doing these things and by taking these action, you are one step closer to that inner peace that you probably desperately seek right now. And we all do. Um, I hope this helps. Um, it's difficult when I'm not with the person, but I hope I answered these as best as possible in the short space of time that we have. Um, if there's anything else that you want support with, please drop me an email. Hello at jill-ritchie.com and I'll get you covered over the next few weeks. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a really great week. And um, yeah, just do you, do the best that you can do, be the best that you can be this week, honour everything that is with you, practice gratitudes and look out for our amazing guest this Friday. Have a good one, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>